0: Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying a wonderful 4th of July weekend and enjoying the freedoms that we have and maybe even some fireworks somewhere. Uh, My name is Bill, and I am the pastor of student ministries here at Grace Church. And I'm excited to be able to share with you this message that God has given me today. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the beginning of 2020 when everybody was using and abusing the phrase 2020 vision. And they were coming out with all these plans and goals and strategies to mobilize and get the job done. And then COVID-19. And it was a game changer. And things were never the same. Thousands of people getting sick. Many dying. Millions out of work. And social distancing like we'd never known before. All of it had changed. Everything out of control. Reminds me of a time when I had an event with students that I was totally out of control. I had planned this uh, hockey game night with the guys. We were going to have a guys night out for a hockey game. And we had been planning this for months, and we were pretty pumped about it. And so we met in this Chick-fil-A parking lot to meet there to carpool down to go to the hockey game. And as I'm waiting for students, my other leader drives up, and he gets out of his car, and he is just laughing, laughing, laughing. And so I'm like, go over to him, and I go, Herb, what's up? He goes, do you know what night it is? I go, it's Guy's night out at the hockey game. And he's like, no, but do you know what night it is? And I'm thinking, it's Friday. It's Guy's night out at the hockey game. And he's like, but do you know what night it is? I'm like, Herb, you're killing me. Tell me what night it is. He goes, well, it's Hooters night at the hockey game. And I paused, and I thought, "Okay, um, didn't know that." Uh, And I'm doing what every youth pastor does in a moment of panic. He begins looking at his list of students and going, "Okay, uh, their parents are probably going to be okay." Um, Oh man, I'm going to have to get on the phone. So I just started calling people. I was calling every parent I could, saying, "Hey." didn't know about this, I swear, beforehand. Didn't know it was Hooters night, but um, I, I don't think it's a big deal. And I'm talking to parents, and all of them, to a T, they just you know, re- replied, we, we, don't, we believe that you didn't know. We trust you. And so we off to the hockey game we went. And so we get there, and we're standing in line, and we're getting ready to get in through the entrance door. And as you come in, you give them their ticket, and they hand you a 12-month Hooters calendar. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And my guys are like, yes! And they took off running with their calendars. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. How am I going to explain this to the parents? And Herb is just laughing the whole time. I'm like, stop. And so I just like, hey, just just be at the seats when the game starts. And so um, they head to the escalators. And we get through, and we go to the escalators. And we're going up to the escalators. And you know what it's like in these arenas. They're circular. And so around the top there, they have these um, eating areas and stuff that you can get food. and And then you can go into your section and go down to your seats. Well, the minute we get up to the circular section, I notice that throughout the whole arena, there are 12 booths set up with all of the Hooters waitresses signing their picture on the calendar. And Herb is continuing to laugh. I'm like, stop. And I'm like, I, all I'm doing is just trying to get my food and get to my seat. So I get my food, go down, sit in my seats. And I, you know, the guys are just all pumped. You know, and they get there, and, and finally it's time for the hockey game to start. And things seem to be going pretty well. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to tell parents. And then you think it's over, but it's not. Um, you know, in hockey, they have three periods. And so, right after the first period ends, I notice this Hooters waitress is walking up the stairs in our section. And she gets to me, she turns and looks at me, and she says, Congratulations. And I'm like, For what? She says, Your row, and mind you, there are many rows in this arena. Your row has been chosen to play tug of war with the Hooters waitresses at halftime on the ice. And you just got, you know, the struggle is real right now because you just got to know me that I am the guy who wants to kick the field goal try to win money or throw the pass or whatever it is, shoot the basket, whatever it is, and I do not turn opportunities down. But there's this voice in my head going, Mr. Bill, this is going to be a bad idea. Mr. Bill, this is going to be a bad idea. It might have been her, but it's a bad idea. So I look at her and I say, um... Can you choose the row behind me? And my students, my guys are like, what? Wait, no. And the row behind me is suddenly I'm their biggest friend. And so she takes the row behind us. And now the row behind us loves me. And my students think I am the worst youth pastor in the world. And you think it's over, but it's not over. OK. So the second period, uh, or the, the second period ends and out come all of these fans with all the Hooters waitresses onto the ice and they're going to play tug of war. Only it's not tug of war us vers- fans versus the Hooters waitresses. It's they've they've uh, put them, every other person and by the way, every fan that went down there was given and is wearing a large Hooters shirt as well. And so they, they put them every other person, and then they say, ready, set, go. And you can imagine everybody is falling all over each other on the ice. And that's when I notice that my guys are mumbling. And they're like, one of them finally says, yeah, that was probably a good call. You'd have a hard time explaining that to our parents. And so that was a little bit of encouragement. So anyway, you think it's over, but it's not over. It is not over yet. So we end up watching the rest of the rest of the hockey game. And then towards the end of the third period, this same Hooters waitress is, is walking up the aisle. And she stops at me again. And I'm looking, and I'm like, what now? And she goes, well, because each of you participated in the, the competition, your whole section, which is like four rows, all get $10 Hooters gift cards. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, do they have a drive-through? No. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. What. So I just said, here, you can have mine. And I gave it to the guy behind me. And all of my guys are looking at me. And each one of them, one at a time, going, I suppose, I suppose. And they're handing it to them behind us. Anyway, we got home. And that was, that was it. We got home. And I had a number of phone conversations with parents that week. And I didn't lose my job, but I, it was out of control. There's two things I've learned in this, uh, during this whole pandemic thing, at least two things. One is I am not in control. Uh, I am a control freak, and I like to be in control. But you know what? It's always perceived control because I really never was in control. Um, but here's what I know is that God is in control. And that's who's the one who's, who's leading us. Even in this time and pandemic, he is in control. The second thing I've learned is that you can't quarantine the gospel. Paul, in the book of Romans, said, uh, "I may," or he said, I am in prison, but the gospel is not in chains. And no better time than right now. Do people need real hope, real love, and real peace? And those things are all possible in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as we dive in today, let me give you a couple quick disclaimers. Number one, I am not a expert, an expert on peace, um, but I do know who is, and that's Jesus who's called the Prince of Peace. So we're gonna go to him today for our guidance. And the second thing is the, the last six months have been crazy for the Freud family, for my family. New home, new state, new job, new work associates, new friends, new neighbors, new culture, and then throw in a pandemic. Peace has not necessarily been what is described our home life. So this message today is as much for me and my family as it is for anyone. So I want to begin today. We've been looking at a series called Freed to Be. And so it's out of Galatians 5, where we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And it says in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so today I'm going to be reading in the book of John from John chapter 14. And if you have your Bibles, follow along with me. A little uh, background. Um, Jesus is about ready to leave. He spent three years... Pouring his life into these disciples. And he's about ready to leave. And he can sense that they're nervous. And they're, they're concerned about that. So he wants to give them some certainty. And so he, he just gets done telling them in the first part of John 14. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. And that he's preparing a place. But then he comes to these verses in John chapter 14, verse 23 3 through 31. I'm going to read those. Jesus replied... will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you peace as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You have heard me say that I am going away and come back to you. If uh, if you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what the Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Let's pray now and ask God to speak to us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege it is to hear from you today. God, take your word, the sword, and leave a mark on our hearts so that we don't leave the same. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Now, peace has a lot of meetings. I remember the days, and I was not in those, but my brothers were, um, of peace and love and And where the the statement is make love not war and all those kind of things and and, uh, there's a piece of that kind. And then there's also the piece where a parent wants to blow one of these off and go time out. Can I just get one day where you're not arguing? Just one day with peace. Now there's nothing wrong with tie dye and long hair. Um, I'd like a little more long hair. There's nothing wrong with wanting the absence of conflict. But those are not the peace that Jesus says he leaves with us and he gives us. And so what is that peace? Um, There are three things we can learn from peace today uh, that, that I want us to talk about. And the first is that Jesus had the Holy Spirit. Verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Our our verse is the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus deposits the Holy Spirit in a believer's life when they believe. When they believe that they're a sinner, that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, rose again, and that uh, they can believe in him and have eternal life. When that happens, the Holy Spirit is put in our life. You look at the difference. I'll give you an example. Look at the difference. Do a study on the difference between the disciples before they had the Holy Spirit and the disciples after they had the Holy Spirit. Before they had the Holy Spirit, they were ditching Jesus, they were were timid, they they were uh, afraid. But once the Holy Spirit came into their lives, they were changed. And they stood boldly for God and His Word. So much so that church traditions tell us that all but one of the disciples was killed, martyred for their faith. And that one disciple, being John, was boiled in oil and lived through it. So, They stood for what they believed because they had the Holy Spirit in them. Jesus had the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer today, you and I have the same Holy Spirit that he has. And we have the power and we have the ability to produce the fruit of peace in our lives because we have the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, first thing is Jesus had the Holy Spirit. Um, In October of 1982, I remember... Uh, When I first prayed to receive Christ as my savior and believe in him, I I believed and it was real. And I remember, I didn't know much, just that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, was buried and he rose again and I believed in. But here's what I did feel. I felt a sense of peace like I had never felt before. And the only explanation is, is that I had the Holy Spirit and he was producing peace already in my life. You have the Holy Spirit if you're a believer. Jesus had the Holy Spirit. And that was the first key to peace. Second, the second thing is that Jesus had peace. Verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. The word used for peace here is the word shalom. And it was a word. It's a word that's used when you when you uh, enter and depart into a, a relationship, and it's being used by Jesus perfectly right now because he's leaving. He's getting ready to leave, so he's using the word peace shalom. I remember a few years ago when so, it was cool to go peace out, you know. And I remember telling my students, you know, that's biblical, and they'd be looking at me like you're a dork. But it is. It really is because he was saying peace and he's getting out here. And it's peace, but it's deeper than that as well. It has to do with your life and your conscience, that you can have a clear conscience and peaceful conscience because Jesus has given you peace. Um, He has, has you know, we talk about um, the peace that Jesus gives us. And Romans 5, 1 says this. Because we, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us peace in this relationship with Jesus. And so he's called us into this relationship with Jesus to have peace. So Jesus had the Holy Spirit. Jesus had peace. But the key to his peace is the third point. And that is this, and that Jesus stuck to the plan. Okay, he stuck to the plan. Verses 30 and 31. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what the Father commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Here's the key to peace Jesus had peace because he did exactly what the Father commanded him to do. You know what God's love language is? It's obedience. He loves it when we obey. And I wonder sometimes if the reason we don't have peace and we have anxiety, if one of the reasons is that we're doing a lot of things in our lives and we're filling our time with things that God never commanded us to do. Are we involved in the Lord's business or are we just involved in busyness? Sometimes I think we buy the lie that busyness is godliness. But if it's not the Lord's business, maybe it isn't. Jesus stuck with the plan. He himself said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You know, it says that before we had Jesus, that we were dead in our transgressions and sin, but Jesus changed us. In Acts 1, you and I have been called to be his witnesses. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. In 2 Corinthians 5, It says that we are to be his ambassadors, to represent him. And then in Matthew 28, it says we're to go and make disciples. God has given us a plan just like Jesus had a plan to die for our sins. God has given us a plan. And that plan is to share hope with those who don't yet know. So the key to Jesus' peace was that he was sticking to God's plan in his life. And you and I can experience that same peace when we stick to God's plan in our lives as well. So here's the big idea for today. Real peace begins with a personal relationship with the Prince of Peace, who commands us to share his peace. Real peace begins with a relationship with the Prince of Peace, who commands us to share his peace. So what do we do? I'm I'm a now guy. I like doing something right now. You know, they say the shelf life of a message is about 48 hours. And then what that means is if within 48 hours you don't do anything to to use what you learned, you probably won't. And so I always want to give in with our student ministry, I always want to give them a so what and something to do right away. So I want to do the same with us. I want you to think of that one, think of one person right now in your life who doesn't yet know Jesus. I want you to be thinking of that person. Who is it? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family member. Think of that person right now. Now what I want you to do is I want you to take out your phone. I want you to take out your phone. And I want you to text that person a question. And this is a question that just is a conversation starter. Here's a question I want you to text them. How are you doing during this time of pandemic? Is there anything I can pray for you about? That's it. Simple question. I want you to get that right. Text. Don't send it yet. Don't send it yet because we're going to pray for those texts that go out. And maybe you're, maybe you're here right now and you've never placed your faith in Jesus. I've got good news. I've got great news for you today. You can do that right where you are in your own home or wherever you're watching this. All you have to do is believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That he rose again, and that He's offering eternal life if you'll believe and receive those things. That's it, and you can have eternal life. For those of us who already know Jesus, man, my prayer is that today we would stick to the plan. We would ask God to show us what it is that we are to be a part of and what it is we're not to be a part of. So let's take a moment, let's pray. Father, I thank you for giving us your peace. I want to pray now for those listening who want to believe right now. Thank you for dying on the cross for their sins and for being buried and rising from the dead to offer them forgiveness and eternal life if they believe. I pray for those who already know you, that you would help us to follow your commands and unfollow the things that fill our lives with that, that are not your commands and finally God I pray for those who will be receiving these texts that you would open their hearts to a conversation about you so they can hear understand and respond to the good news of your son Jesus for it's in his name we pray amen go ahead now let's send out that text and then let's sing